Welcome back to week one, day three of our look through the New Testament, one book a day. We've looked at Matthew and Mark, now we're looking at Luke. And just a reminder, the four Gospels, same story, different stories in it, but the same major story, but from four different perspectives, because God wanted four witnesses. So in Matthew, you have Jesus the sovereign king, in Mark, you have Jesus the servant, in John, you have Jesus the son of God, and in Luke, which we're looking at today, you have Jesus the son of man. Matthew's first concern, he begins with the genealogy, was the Jewish genealogy of Jesus. When you open up to the book of Luke, he begins with the genealogy too, but you see that his first concern is the human birth of Jesus. Because Matthew gives the genealogy through Joseph, through the father, making sure that the Jewish mind understood that Jesus came from the right lineage to be the Messiah. Luke gives the genealogy through Mary showing that he also has, through Mary, the right lineage to be the Messiah, but also, well, Matthew goes back to Abraham. Jesus is a Jew. Luke goes back to Adam, and he shows that Jesus is a man. John goes back to, in the beginning, he's going to show that Jesus is God. The emphasis is different. Matthew's emphasis is on what Jesus said. Mark on what Jesus did. Luke, his emphasis is on who Jesus was, on Jesus himself. And a key verse in the book of Luke is Luke 19.10. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke is very concerned about that which was lost. Now, he tells us, like the other Gospels don't, his method. He talks about in chapter 1, verse 3, that he's sitting down to do an orderly account. So it's a well-organized life of Jesus that he's talking us through. Now, Luke, we know some things about Luke, this author, that he was a doctor. Colossians 4.14 tells us that. He makes frequent references to illnesses and diagnoses throughout his books. He wrote both Luke and Acts. He alone, for instance, refers to the healing of Malchus's ear, the high priest's servant's ear in Luke 22:51. He was a friend of Paul, and uh, out of that friendship, God did some awesome work. They traveled together sometimes in missionary journeys. He was a Gentile, most likely. We see this in Colossians 4:14 when he's included in the list of other Gentiles, which means he's the only Gentile writer in the New Testament, that God used Jews for the rest of the writing of the New Testament, but he used Luke as a Gentile writer of the New Testament. He worked with Mark. He knew him well, Colossians 4.10 tells us, Philemon 24. So wait a minute. Luke knows Mark. He's also a friend of Paul. Just, just imagine with me for a second. You've got Luke and Mark and Paul in the same room, which certainly happened with their friendship. These are the writers of half of the Gospels and two-thirds of the letters in the New Testament sitting together in the same room, not maybe knowing at that moment how God, how dramatically God was going to use them. The focus of the book of Luke. What does God want to say to us through this book? Well, Luke focuses on the life of Jesus in three particular ways I want to talk about. First, he focuses on the human life of Jesus. Jesus is God, and Jesus is also man. He's 100% God, 100% man, 100% of the time. It's not like he's one or the other. He is both God and man. That is the mystery of the deity of Jesus and the humanity of Jesus. He became, God became a man. And Luke focuses on the man part of Jesus, helping us to understand what it meant for Jesus to be a man. In Luke alone, you get some of the stories of Jesus' early life and, and childhood. Luke's account of Jesus' early days is four times as much as Matthew. Luke tells us about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. Luke tells us that he sweat drops of blood 
in the Garden of Gethsemane. He helps us to see the humanity of Jesus. Now, Luke is a doctor, so as we look through these focuses that Luke has throughout the book, one of the questions I have is, what's the prescription for my life, for your life? The prescription here is to recognize the humanity of Jesus. I found that before we become followers of Christ, it's hard for us to recognize the deity of Jesus, that he's God. But once we become followers of Christ, it becomes more difficult to recognize the humanity of Jesus, that he's also man. And sometimes you need to remember he's both God and man. Recognize the humanity of Jesus, how deeply he cares, how much he's shown you he can relate to what you're going through. He came into this world. He went through the temptations that you and I go through. He went through the suffering and even greater than you and I face. He understands. He cares. He knows. And he's shown you that he knows. That's the human life of Jesus. A second major emphasis in the book of Luke is the welcoming life of Jesus. You see in the book of Luke this this interest that Jesus has in the sick and the helpless, the poor, in women and children and social outcasts. You you see it in the other Gospels, but nowhere like Luke. Let me just walk through a couple of those. His interest in women. In the culture of the New Testament, women were often ignored. They were certainly not empowered. Women, those who were often ignored in New Testament times, they are the heroes of the Gospels. They're the ones who stayed beside Jesus at the cross. They were the first to discover that Jesus was resurrected. That's one of the ways, by the way, that we know that these Gospels are written by God and not by man. If a human being had written the Gospels in that culture, in that time, there's no way they would have made a woman the hero. But God told the truth. And God honored women, lifted up women. And Luke is a great reflection of that. In Luke alone, you see... Jesus forgiving the woman who was a sinner in Luke chapter 7, or healing the woman who had been sick for 18 years in Luke chapter 13, or telling the women not to weep for me in chapter 23. In Luke alone, you get the story of Elizabeth and the story of Anna. Now, many people think that this indicates that one of the eyewitnesses that Luke talks about when he says, "I, I put this down from eyewitness accounts, was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I believe that. I believe they knew each other, that they talked with each other because they were together in the early church, and that he wrote down some of her eyewitness accounts. I love the fact that the good news of Jesus Christ lifts up every person. And in that day, lifting up women was lifting up a group of people that no one cared about, that everyone found easy to ignore. Also throughout the book of Luke, you see him lifting out the obviously outcast from society, Women were ignored, but there was also another whole group that was outcast, that was separated, that because of the hurts in their lives, nobody wanted to be close to them. This is the all-inclusive ministry of Jesus. You see it in the parables that Luke records of debtors and Samaritans and the Great Supper for those who had been ignored. You see it in the parables of the lost coin and the prodigal son, which are in the book of Luke. You see it in the way that the Spirit leads Luke throughout the writing of this book to focus on the outcast, the publican, the prodigal. There are all kinds of outcasts, by the way. Only Luke tells us the story of Zacchaeus, who was a wealthy outcast. As a Jewish tax collector, he would have been hated and shunned by his own people. He had money. He had some semblance of power, but he was an outcast. In Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 5. 
Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Zacchaeus is often told as a children's story. I don't know, maybe because he was short and children can relate to that. But it's one of the most adult stories in the entire New Testament. Here's a rich man who couldn't get to Jesus. There's a lot of people who feel that way, that because of their wealth or their past or whatever, they're outcasts, they can't get to Jesus. And it's put in the New Testament to let you know there's a way for you. Jesus welcomes you. Now, it's interesting. A few chapters later, chapter 23, you see Jesus ministering to an entirely different kind of outcast, someone who was poor, someone who was condemned to die, the thief who died beside him on the cross. Luke 23, 39 to 43. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. That picture of Jesus saying to that thief, you're going to be with me today in paradise. The outcast is welcomed in. Luke tells us that the lost will be found. He tells us that the outsider will be welcomed. He tells us that the thief can be in paradise. So what's the prescription? What does the doctor prescribe for your life, for my life, from this truth? Who is it in your life that could be easily ignored that God is challenging you to love? Because he loves the outcast. We see the welcoming life of Jesus, the human life of Jesus, but we also see in the book of Luke, like none of the other Gospels, the prayer life of Jesus. Jesus is shown praying in Luke more than any of the other Gospels. So sometimes Luke is called the Gospel of Prayer. There's teaching on prayer throughout Luke, as well as the example of Jesus' praying throughout Luke. Let, let me just read you a few places where you see this teaching of prayer. Luke 11, 9 to 10. So Jesus said, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Luke 18, 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Or Luke 21, 36. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen so that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So what's the prescription with this one, the prayer life of Jesus? How do you, how do I need to follow Jesus' example and teaching about prayer? Well, let's start by praying. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we want these things in our lives. We want to remember that you are not only all God, but also all man and to remember how deeply you care and have shown us that you can relate to what we're going through right now. We want to remember that you welcome in the outcast. Maybe we feel like the outcast or maybe there's someone we know that feels outcast. And we want to remember the importance of prayer in our daily lives. 
thank you for these reminders in the Gospel of Luke. And I pray that today you'd help us to live out these truths. In your name, amen. Tomorrow we're going to look together at the Gospel of John and what it means to truly believe.